The last few weeks we have been uh, kind of off course from a, a series of sermons. Uh, so we put together kind of a mini-series uh, focusing on uh, God's glory, uh, His light shining. And this week we will be looking at uh, a similar theme from the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 60. Glory. What is glory? Who has glory? Better question, who should have glory? I found a few definitions that were different for the word glory in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Praise, honor, or distinction extended by consent or renown. Something that secures praise or renown. The glory of a brilliant career. Something marked by beauty or resplendence. A perfect glory of a day. Worshipful praise, honor, and thanksgiving, giving glory to God. That was in the dictionary. As you might imagine, we will be focusing on the glory of the Lord this morning as we read Isaiah 60 and see the future glory of Israel from Isaiah's perspective. As we begin the scripture reading, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your word. Thank you for Isaiah and his prophecies that were applicable for the people of his time as they continue to be appropriate and apply to us even today and in the future as well. Open our hearts and minds as we hear your scripture read as then you speak through me as uh, we explore your scripture and the future glory that you will provide. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Isaiah 60 verses, Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 22 um, if you're able, please stand, at least for the beginning here. Um, I will begin reading, and then uh, you'll get a chance to sit down. Please stand as you're able. Let me begin reading Isaiah chapter 60. It'll make sense in a moment. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Please be seated. Continuing on then, verse four. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar and I will beautify my beautiful house. Who are these that fly like a cloud and like a dove to their windows? For the coastland shall hope for me, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring your children from afar, their silver and gold with them, for the name of the Lord your God, and for the Holy One of Israel, because he has made you beautiful. Foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you down, but in my favor I have mercy on you. Your gates shall be open continually, day and night they shall not be shut that people may bring to you the wealth of the nations with their kings led in procession. 
For the nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly laid waste. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despised you shall bow down low at your feet. They shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of nations, you shall nurse at the breast of kings, and you shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will make your overseers peace and your taskmasters righteousness. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the works of my hands, that I might be glorified. The least one shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will hasten it. Isaiah was a prophet who spent most of his time warning Israel of its sin and lack of trust in their God. He predicted captivity and rescue. His writings, while applying to the people of his day, also point to God's redemption of the world through his son Jesus. So we look at this passage with one eye in the time of Isaiah and one eye in current and future times. To help us place chapter 60 in context, we need to look at the end of chapter 59. Chapter 59 describes evil and oppression that the people of Israel faced. But Isaiah ends this chapter with a promise of judgment and redemption. You're reading the uh, second part of Isaiah 15 through 21. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal a cloak. According to their deeds, so he will repay, wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. To the coastlands he will render payment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. And a redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who turn from transgressions, declares the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. This is the covenant promise given by God 
to his son. Now with this understanding of God's promised covenant with Jesus and his people, we will con consider today's passage uh, in three sections. On the back of your bulletin is an outline if you'd like to take notes. I'll be looking at the first nine verses, Isaiah 60, 1 through 9, the glory of the Lord in his people. Second section, uh, 60, verses 10 through 18, the glory of the Lord transforms. And the last section, verses 19 through 22, the everlasting glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord in his people. Isaiah calls Jerusalem to arise and shine. The command, arise and shine, assumes that the people are lying down, perhaps because of the shame and guilt of their sinful behavior. But now is the time to stand. To shine means redemption and salvation have come. There is great joy in this. This light, or salvation, consists of the glory of the Lord, which describes God's radiance that comes from the disclosure of his presence and his deity. The Lord has come, and his wondrous presence has broken out over Zion and her people like a sunrise that banishes the night. Even though the world is covered in the darkness and gloom of wickedness and sin, Zion is called to spring up in the light of the Lord, to which the nations of the earth would be attracted. The Lord's rising brings light to Israel like a magnet. It also draws the nations to that same light. But there's more to this light than the fact that this city or people are bathed in his light. The people of Zion in that day will also shine forth an inward light. The nations will come to the Lord, attracted by the light God has given to Zion. Even kings will come to the brightness of God's dawn. This is fulfilled in the universal call given in Isaiah 55.1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. It's also described in the work of the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 52:12. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. While it was dark in the world, was getting light in Israel. Not for Israel alone, but for all those among the people whom God would save. The people in Jerusalem will reflect the Lord's light as he lives with them. Isaiah says to them, then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. Who do you know that is so filled with joy that they radiate the love of God? The inner radiance is attractive to others who are sad, lost, and lonely because of the darkness of sin. Many will be attracted to the light that God reflects in his people and come to Jerusalem. Many will be attracted to the light of God in each of us and come to Jesus if we rise and shine in his glory. Isaiah calls the people to lift up your eyes all around and see. What will they see? They will see people from afar coming to gather in Jerusalem. This will be the remnant of believers among the people of Israel as well as Gentiles from other nations. The nations will bring offerings to the Lord. How amazing to see the enemies of God and his people bringing offerings up to the Lord because of his work in making Israel beautiful. God builds his church made up of believers who come together to become a dwelling in which he lives by his spirit. God is honored as his people gather to live in his light. The glory of the Lord turns darkness into light. 
Why do you think the Bible calls God's word light? What is God revealing to you about himself and how you should live each day as you study his word, as you hear scripture read, and his word preached each Sunday? How has the radiance and joy from someone who loves God drawn you closer to him? Have you been that light for someone else? Will you thank him for good influences? Will you continue to seek his light when you feel stressed or lost? So we then continue on in uh, the next section, the glory of the Lord transforms. We see here, historically, the city of Jerusalem, its walls and temples were destroyed when the people of Israel were taken into Babylonian captivity. Isaiah states there'll be a day when foreigners will rebuild Jerusalem. If you know your history, you know that King Cyrus of Persia released the people to return to Israel and under Nehemiah's leadership rebuilt the temple and the walls. Just a quick uh, commercial break. We are studying Nehemiah in our education hour and we're about halfway through uh, from last uh, spring. So this fall we will begin continuing in Nehemiah and we can see how God is working in that as well. So we'd encourage you to, to join us uh, when the uh, uh, regular schedule begins in September that we'll be studying Nehemiah and we can get into more detail uh, what we uh, are hearing here today. The people of Israel worked hard to restore the city. Another feature of that restoration is your gates shall be opened continually, day and night, they shall not be shut. Walls are built to protect against violence and destruction. When the Lord reigns from Zion, there will be no fear of attack. The gates will remain open, that people may bring to you the wealth of the nations, with their kings led in procession. The gates will stand wide open for people to come in whenever they want to bring gifts and serve the people of Israel and the Lord. The nations and kingdoms that do not serve Israel shall perish. Their attitude towards the people of God would determine how they stood with God. Their attitude towards God is also reflected in that. Jesus said the same thing in his teaching about his future judgment of the nations in Matthew 25. And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Israel had been forsaken, and now they are the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations because of God's transformation. Jerusalem will be transformed into a city of peace and righteousness. Isaiah said that in this city, peace would be their overseer and righteousness would be their taskmaster. God's word speaks often of peace and righteousness together. Peace with God only comes to the one with the righteousness of Christ. By God's grace, he gives faith to a person to trust Christ as Lord and Savior. Only Christ is righteous, and at the time of personal trust, he gives his righteousness to the believer. Christ's righteousness allows the believer to know peace with God. As Christ lives within the believer, joy and security are enjoyed. What is God doing in the restoration of Zion, the recognition by all nations, and the reigning of the Lord? He is revealing a complete faithfulness to his people, Israel, and all believers of all ages can be assured of his faithfulness in their relationship with him through the faith the Lord gives. The glory of the Lord transforms people and nations. 
This transformation is a total change in a person's heart and in a people's heart. Sin and corruption are replaced with the peace and righteousness of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that is yet to be transformed by God? Will you keep praying for that person and look for ways where you can bring God's light to them? Our last section, the everlasting glory of the Lord. The sun and moon are familiar lights in the sky that display God's glory. Each day of the month, the moon differs in shape. As it waxes, the moon becomes fuller. As it wanes, it shrinks to a crescent. The sun shines so brightly as to damage the eyes of one who look at it too long. But when the sun sets, people stop what they are doing to watch shades of red and orange fill the sky. In that future day, the Lord will be the everlasting light instead of the sun and the moon. At that time, any sadness from sin will end as all God's people will be righteous. The people will be righteous and possess their land. These people are righteous because of the work of God's hand. It's the work of God through Jesus Christ that makes us righteous. Can you imagine a day when people no longer struggle with sin because of his righteousness? Now Isaiah says that the people in that day will be numerous. The least one shall become a clan. Some translations use the term a thousand. In ages past, God had Abraham look up in the sky and told him that the people in his family would be as numerous as the stars. God's splendor will be evident by God's power for the display of his splendor. How can we be sure of these things? We can be sure because the Lord promises to do this in its time. He will hasten it. What is true for the future is true for God's people today. The Lord's transformed people are for the everlasting display of his splendor. Belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the beginning of a life transformed through his word and spirit. God's redemption and the gift of the Holy Spirit provide the light of his character within each believer and within his people. Though he may bring hardships and even discipline, he is the Redeemer and Savior, and he will not leave his people with mediocrity. He brings truth, purity, and reality, and will give them and make them as gold his best. The character of the Lord is consistently associated with light in Scripture. The Bible opens with God's creation of light in Genesis 1 and is dividing it from darkness. God led Israel towards Canaan in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night in Exodus 13. That same cloud filled with fire at night showed God's presence over the tabernacle Moses built in the desert in Exodus 40. The Psalms are filled with descriptions of the Lord in figures of light. Psalm 44, 4 verse 6 says, Let the light of your faith face shine upon you, O Lord. David writes in Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God's word is a source of light. In the New Testament, the Apostle John would use the same kind of language, speaking of the Son of God by saying, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world, in John chapter 1. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, will have the light of life. 
Today's passage is being fulfilled even as it is yet to be fulfilled. People from all nations are coming to serve Israel's God, and many of us are proof of that. However, we are still waiting for the day when there will be no need for the sun or moon because the Lord himself will be our light. You can be sure that it will be a glorious time when Jesus comes again, when his presence on earth will change everything. It will be a magnificent time when God reveals his glory in and through his people. Let us pray for that day to come. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your light. We thank you for your glory that we can see evidence in your creation, in your world, and in our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ask for your continued presence, continue to lead us and guide us, help us to grow in your mercy and grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.